welcome back to another episode of 5am theology chris last week we talked about keeping our focus on jesus and what happens when we don't we used peter as the poster child for losing your focus on jesus and we showed how multiple times he did that and he failed every time he did it this week in our reading we're in the book of acts and we see a completely different peter and Given how we kind of picked on him a little bit last week, I think he deserves some redemption this week. Yeah, probably. The book of Acts is a descriptive story of the start of the spread of the gospel and the start of the church. In chapters two to four, it really shows the redemption of Peter. The Peter we see in these three chapters and throughout the rest of the New Testament is not the impulsive, fearful, attention deficit Peter that we saw before? Definitely not. Far from losing his focus on Jesus, in the book of Acts, Peter becomes laser focused on Jesus and on the gospel message. Peter's a new man, literally. Far from denying Jesus because he's fearful or taking his eyes off of Jesus because he's doubtful, he is emboldened to preach the truth of Christ publicly and unapologetically. Despite imprisonment, and despite the threat of death. And there are a few reasons for that. The first reason is back in Luke 24, verse 45, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he appeared to his disciples. And scripture tells us, and I'm quoting here, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now, we sometimes give the disciples a hard time for not understanding the things that Jesus told them, but here's why they couldn't. Their minds had not been opened to the complete understanding of Jesus's words or even the full truth of the Old Testament. I agree. I think we sometimes forget that if God hasn't opened someone's mind to understanding scripture, they're not able to understand it. Like Isaiah said, and Matthew and Mark and Luke all quote them, they will indeed hear, but never understand. They will indeed see, but never perceive. That was Isaiah 6, 9. The apostles had Jesus physically with them for three years. Jesus would have spent thousands of hours teaching them, yet they couldn't fully understand any of it until their minds were open to understanding it, opened by God. And that's true of us, and that's true of everyone else. And Chris, we need to remember that because sometimes we forget it. For some reason, my brain doesn't work directionally. No matter how hard I try, I have no sense of direction at all. And it really frustrates my husband, who's freakishly amazing at directions. He he just can't fathom that I'm unable to know which direction I need to go to get somewhere. And I think we can be the same way with people who aren't getting what the Bible says. It's so obvious to us, why can't they say it? Well, if their mind's not open to seeing it, they're never gonna be able to understand it no matter how many times we explain it, or even no matter how well we explain it. Absolutely. And no matter how much sense it makes to us. Yep. Another big change in Peter happens at Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes to indwell in him and the other disciples. This is the biggest game changer for him. Immediately after that, we see in Acts chapter two, him giving his first sermon. He's quoting the prophet Joel about the last days and far from hiding from the Pharisees for fear of being killed, Peter boldly 
declares in Acts 2, 22 to 24, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Rose, that's not, those words, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men, that's not something a coward says. No, absolutely not. It's unbelievable that just a short time ago, he was saying, no, I don't know the man. And now here he is telling them you killed him. In that sermon Mm -hmm. he gives, Chris, he goes on and he quotes David's psalm. And he ends with, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Again, he's calling them out. Acts chapter three is all about Peter. It tells of him healing a beggar. He's speaking brazenly at the temple. And he again calls out the Pharisees and others who were complicit in Jesus's crucifixion. In Acts 4, we see Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. And Acts 4.13 says, Now when the Sanhedrin saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. So here's the Jewish leaders. They're threatening Peter and John if they speak about Jesus. And Peter and John respond to that threat by saying they couldn't not speak about what they had seen and heard. No matter what threats are thrown at them, they tell the leaders they have no intention of stopping their preaching about Jesus. So Chris, far from denying Jesus, Peter physically couldn't stop talking about him. You're so right. And these passages define what becoming a new creation in Christ means, and it shows God's part in our becoming a new person. Our minds are opened to the truth of God, and the Holy Spirit indwells in us, sanctifying and emboldening us to be more like Jesus. So if God doesn't initiate the work in us by opening our minds and hearts, we can do nothing for God. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a part to play. While God did the heavy lifting in Peter becoming a new man, Peter did have to do some things for himself. Yes, he had the power of the Holy Spirit in him. And probably much of what he said came right from the Holy Spirit. If you remember, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10, 19 to 20, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. I agree with you that the change in Peter was a direct result of his mind being opened and the Holy Spirit indwelling him. And I also agree, Chris, that he has a part to play too. We have a part to play. Sanctification is us cooperating with the Holy Spirit to make us more Christ-like. It's not like the Holy Spirit indwells in us and magically we're transformed and are just like Jesus. We have to put some effort into it. For, for instance, what good is having our minds open to understanding scripture if we never read it? Yeah. And we can't be emboldened by the Holy Spirit living in us if we never open our mouths to witness and talk about Jesus. 
what good is understanding God's word if we never talk about it to anyone? And what good is the Holy Spirit living in us, giving us the words that we need to say when we need them if we just never open our mouth? Peter wasn't given courage by the Holy Spirit so that he could go live some quiet, peaceful life. He was given courage so that he could bravely witness the gospel despite whatever opposition that he was going to face. And that's true of us too. Although God can do anything, his usual method of spreading the gospel message is by his people boldly telling others about Jesus. Yeah, without a doubt. Look, Peter loved Jesus. Even before Jesus opened his mind and he received the Holy Spirit, Peter genuinely loved Jesus. We see him telling Jesus he believed he was the Messiah. We see Peter willing to be the one to step out of the boat, to go to Jesus on the water. Peter was willing to physically fight to protect Jesus when he was arrested. And even though he did deny Jesus, Peter did stick around to see what was happening with Jesus when he was arrested. Most of the others had fled. But Peter's love for Jesus at that point was conditional. He loved him so long as he was physically safe. This might be like someone who really loves the teachings of Jesus and has an interest in it. A lot of people love the morality of the Bible and they love Jesus's teaching, but they're not willing to completely surrender themselves to Christ as their Lord. Exactly. But once God gave Peter the tools that he needed, the understanding and the Holy Spirit, Peter's conditional love for Jesus became unconditional and he totally surrendered himself and his life to Christ. Jesus went from being his teacher to being his Lord and Savior. Without God, Peter would have failed, just like every other human being who's ever lived. With God, we can do great things for the kingdom of God. If we have our minds open to the truth of God and have the Holy Spirit living in us, then we've been transformed and are a new creation, literally. But it takes two. We have to cooperate with the transformation. We have to totally surrender our hearts, our souls, our mind, and our strength to our Lord and King Jesus. We have to open our mouths and be bold in our declaration of Christ and the gospel, regardless of any opposition that we may face. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. But to walk in those good works, we need to do our part. If we do, God will use us in mighty ways. It might not be like he used Peter, but he will use us in a mighty way that he's designed specifically for us. Amen to that. And that's a good place to end. Have a blessed morning, everybody.